Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Dynasty Show. Um, unfortunately, Dan can't make it be with us tonight, so you have me, Hannah, your host. Thankfully, I've got a fabulous guest lined up for us tonight who's going to give us some awesome information, and that's my good friend Mags. He is at Hot Seat Mags on Twitter. He is the co-host of the Wildcard Rewind with me, and we record on a Monday night, but he's also a host of the fabulous Dynasty Hot, Hot Seat show, which you can find on Twitter at Dynasty Hot Seat and also on his YouTube ch- channel. And he has so much Dynasty content coming out for you at the moment, so I would highly recommend you going across there to take a look. So good evening, Mags. Thank you so much for joining me again for the second evening in a row, and I'm really excited to be talking some Dynasty with you tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Hannah. It's great to be here on on Five Yard Dynasty. You know, I'm obviously not going to be able to fill Dan's Dan shoes, but I'll I'll give it a good go. Oh yeah, I think you're going to do fabulous. I know how good you are on the hot seat, so really looking forward to it. Um, so tonight. So we'll start off with a little bit of kind of general strategy and then we'll dig a little bit deeper into kind of this year's class, how to dominate your drafts this season. So, Mags, let's kind of get started and have a look at how do you choose to approach your rookie drafts? Do you have a set strategy or do you kind of go in with a bit of an open mind and see how the board falls to you? Yeah, so there's a lot to this. So it's really, really interesting. And you know, obviously, doing doing the Dynasty Hot Seat, every guest I have on, I always ask them for hints and tips. I'm by far and away the most like common bit of advice is read the goddamn rules. Like, know what the scoring system is in your league. Is it tight end premium? Do quarterbacks get extra points for rushing? Is there how many points is it for a throwing touchdown? How many points is it for a rushing touchdown? 
you need to read the rules. And if you're lazy and can't be bothered reading the rules, here's a little tip for you, all right? If you go into, on Sleeper, if you're on Sleeper, I don't know about MFL. If you're on MFL, you probably have to do a Sudoku to find this. But you go on Sleeper, and if you click on scores and you filter to last year, you can see who the highest scoring players were. And you might be surprised by who's sitting at the top and who's a bit further down. So kind of use that to help you figure out who you should be taking in these drafts. If it's one and a half PPR for whatever reason, you're probably going to look at someone like, you know, Josh Downs, Jordan Addison, these people who are going to get extra points. If you get extra for rushing touchdowns, you're going to want these bigger running backs. You got to read the rules. So that's the first thing I do is I see what are the scoring settings for this league and which players are going to benefit me based upon those settings. And yeah, then you just go from there. I'd say in Superflex, you got to always kind of value the quarterback first before anything else. And then apart from that, it's it's like you said, let the board come to you. Don't be afraid to be aggressive if there's someone you really like. But another really good bit of advice I've got before is, like I know there's going to get your guy and all of that, but don't be too obsessed with, I got to come out every draft with Dalton Kincaid. I got to come out every draft with this guy, with this guy. Like you want to diversify your portfolio of players is, is the way it was it was put to me by, by Scott Connor, who's uh, over at Dynasty and Chill, one of the brightest minds of the game. Yeah, he said diversify your portfolio. Don't be too invested in one particular player because sure, if it hits, you're absolutely laughing. But if it doesn't, you got a lot of work, a lot of work to do on a lot of teams. So yeah, you gotta be pretty careful. Yeah, I think sometimes we find that a little bit difficult. You know, we get this, oh, I love this guy in the pre-draft process. He looks awesome. I think he's going to do great in the NFL. And then we kind of want to go out there and get him on as many teams as possible because we think this is my guy. And then, you know, there is always that risk with the rookie drafts that, you know, unfortunately, one of these players may well bust. And like you say, you know, if you've taken him on every single one of your teams, then you've got a bit more kind of making up to do than if you'd have diversified a little bit more. I mean, I think I would also, you know, say, you know, don't be afraid to take a punt on some of those players that you were less keen on as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've been seeing quite a bit on like Jonathan Mingo recently. I think he is one of those kind of boom bust profiles and I think he's very polarizing. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are quite down on him and like, oh, I don't want to take him. I don't think he's going to do well, which I think is, you know, perfectly fair argument to have. But I still think if you've got a big number of teams, it's worth taking a punt on him in some situations, because if he does hit, then at least you know that you have got, you know, at least one share of him on one of your teams. Yeah. And if you don't like him, just trade him away after. But at least you got that share, right? If you like, I still don't like him, but that's at least worth something and you can trade it away to get someone that you do like. So yeah, just yeah, diversify a bit and take players, even though you might not like them. I always think for like new dynasty players, one of the best moments you can have is whenever you're listening to like a podcast, like this great podcast, listen to it. And you like start to disagree with what people say. I think that's such a huge step because then you're finally like starting to form like your own opinions about it. you're not just listening to like the talking heads like me and you right and you're, you're starting to think for yourself so i always think that's a big step as well like you know listening to as many people as possible getting your own opinion and then you know not being afraid to sometimes even though you disagree with someone just go you know what i can take a chance i trust this person's opinion i'll, I'll just go with it. even though i don't agree i'm gonna give it a go 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that also applies to startups as well. Um, I in my first year, which obviously was only a couple of years ago, I took so much Robert Woods and it was the year that Cooper Cup went off. And then I was like, damn, you know, I should have at least thought about taking some different. So I try and take that into all of my drafts, whether that's rookies, that's startups, dynasty or redraft. I always try and Mm -hmm. diversify my portfolio because we can all be wrong. You know, at, at some point, I'm sure there's times when you've been wrong. There's certainly times when I've been wrong. Yeah. And, you know, all of the analysts out there and even, you know, general players, we get it wrong sometimes. So I think mm-hmm. it is worth kind of being a bit brave and saying, OK, I'm going to take that share, you know, and see what happens. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But if it goes well, then like you say, you've always got a piece of trade if you don't like the player. Yeah, absolutely. So the next question I have for you really is, does your strategy change when you are kind of higher up the draft board? So, you know, picking in the early, you know, 101, 102, 103 versus when you're picking later on at the 110, 11, you know, 12 spots. And I would say that would be based on, you know, where your team has finished rather than the trades you've made and things like that. Does, does your strategy change there or do you stick to these are my tiers and this is how I'm going to draft? Or do you say, right, I, you know, I'm at the 101, 102, 103, my team is terrible. I've got to take a, you know, potentially take more of a risk here, be braver, not necessarily in the first round, but obviously looking at, you you know, your deeper rounds as well. Yeah, it, it is a hugely, it's a different game completely whenever you're you're picking up, even just look at this draft class, like you're going from these elite level quarterbacks and, and B. John Robinson at the top to like this kind of like disgusting kind of pick 10, 11, 12 that nobody really wants at the minute. And it's quite interesting this year because everybody's advice is if you're picking like 110, just trade back. So like, nobody, nobody wants to trade up. <laughs> like, so it's really hard because everyone's saying you should trade back. Nobody's saying you should trade up into those places. So it's almost impossible to actually, you know, trade back. So it is quite tricky sometimes. I think if you're if you're a bad team, usually if you're playing super flex, you're probably a bad team because you you got bad quarterback. So I think that's usually in the draft. You'll hear a lot of people, and you know, what? there is certainly reason to say this, but a lot of people say. You cannot draft for a position. You have to take the best player available. I think that is true unless it's a quarterback. You've got to take quarterback. You've got to because you can't trade. You cannot trade for these guys. You can trade for wide receivers. You can trade for running backs. You can trade for tight ends. That's fine. But it is nigh on impossible to go out and trade for a top quality quarterback. I think if that's a position you're lacking, that's the only time you should really take position ahead of the talent. So, I would have that advice, you know, if you're at the top of the draft or, you know, even at the back of the draft, if you've somehow squeaked through without a quarterback and you've, you're at the back end of the draft this year, you got to take Will Levis. Even though he's maybe not the best prospect, I think you got to take him because if you're that quarterback away from your team becoming like a real dynasty, you've got to take the chance and, and fill in that gap. It's the most important position when you're playing Superflex, in, in my opinion, anyway. And apart from that, I think what you said before is you just kind of, Take best player available. Don't be afraid to be aggressive and trade up. It's always good to think about, you know, are you willing to, you know, sacrifice some picks further down the line, like in 2024, 2025 to move up. But if you are going to do that, at least, you know, do some research. Don't be going throwing away 2024 picks to move up in this class because it looks like the top end of the 2024 class is looking really, really good at the minute. So do a bit of due diligence before you throw away pieces and, and think about, and Hannah, stop me here if you think this is this is nonsense, right? 
So all of these picks eventually turn into players. Don't think about, I'm going to give up 1-7 to get this. Think about, I'm going to give up Jordan Addison, the player, to give this. So instead of giving it arbitrary numbers, these are like real like players now. So try and think of them as actual players. And what is this player going to bring to your team, not what is this pick going to bring to your team? Sorry, I completely went off the topic there, Hannah. No, not at all. I think all of this is great advice. And yeah, it does make sense. Obviously, now we know who these rookies are, where they're roughly going in ADP. You can have yeah. an idea like who would be there for me at the 107? You know, mm-hmm. what could they bring to my team? What may, you know, what benefits can they bring to somebody's team? What's the chance of them being good? What's the chance they're going to bust and kind of, you know, figure it out from there. I'd like to go back a little bit to when you said, you know, in a Superflex league that you mm. think, that, you know, a QB is always the priority. Yeah. So, you know, if you need one. So I'm interested. So if you were picking at the 101 um, mm. and you had a QB needy team, would you go with a QB over Bijan Robinson or would that be the exception? That, yeah, he's the exception, right? Because whenever I talked about it, it is nigh on impossible to treat it for a QB. I mean, B. John Robinson is nigh and on and possible. He is all of those things, and you can just use him to get, what, all but five quarterbacks probably, right? You're going to trade for that 101, and you'll be able to, you know, <laughs> most people, if you got the 101, you, you probably aren't ready to use Bijan unless you've been incredibly unlucky or you traded for it, right? So the best advice probably is to trade back, you know, try and get one of these quarterbacks and not take Bijan. But you know what, Hannah? That's not as fun, is it, right? Everybody just wants to have Bijan on their team. It's not as fun. So, you know, I can give all the advice I want, but most people are going to be like, I just got to take Bijan. And I understand. Yeah, I know. I, I totally get it. I mean, for me, we had a bit of a discussion with this on Evan when he came with Evan when he came a few weeks ago. He was saying that he thinks you should take a QB, and obviously, we all have our different opinions. I personally didn't agree. Um, you know, I do think that if you are not able to trade back, I think you should still take him, and I think yeah. he is a great piece that you can use in a trade later on down the line, whether that be later in the off season, at the start of the season when everyone realises how amazing he is and those contenders are going to start to show and they're going to want a decent running back to put them over the top. So, you know, I think you can quite easily, you know, potentially use him as a piece um, to try and trade for a decent starting quarterback. The problem I have with these, you know, rookie QBs is we don't know what they're going to be. Now, yeah. you know, they, they seem good. You know, Bryce Young, everyone's saying he's great. I'm sure he's a great talent, but there is still going to be risk there. He is small. There's a chance he's going to be injured. CJ Stroud, we're all expecting him to probably be a pocket passer, not do mm-hmm. too much with his legs. So that will bring him, you know, down in kind of the tiers and the rankings. And then, you know, everybody loves you know, Anthony Richardson, but we have no idea what he's going to be. He could be absolutely amazing or he could bust within, you know, five weeks. And we just don't know what we're getting. Whereas if you get Bijan and then you can trade him for a reliable starter or, you know, one of these mid-tier QB1s, you know, you're laughing. And that's probably going to turn your team round relatively quickly in a super flex league if you're getting a decent starting QB who's going to kind of be the anchor for your team and then you can build, you know, off that. I bet so, you can get Lamar. I bet you can get Lamar Jackson for Bijan Robinson. How about that? I bet you can get that deal done. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if there's a, a like lover of Bijan, I think you could definitely do that for sure. Get that deal done. And actually, you mentioned something that's really interesting there. You mentioned about like 
these quarterbacks and what they are. One thing is it's kind of hard to forget sometimes, and it kind of seems obvious, but remember we're not NFL teams drafting NFL players here. We're, you know, fantasy owners drafting fantasy players. So Bryce Young, while he did go one overall, and he probably is the best overall quarterback in this draft, that does not mean that automatically he is the best fantasy quarterback in this draft. We talk about CJ Stroud, you know, not really using his legs. He at least has shown that he can use his legs. Bryce Young is kind of like a bit of a scrambler, like he can do it, but he's not gonna he's not gonna win you games because of the rushing upside. For Bryce Young to become, you know, fantasy elite, people have said, oh, well, Drew Brees did it. It's like Drew Brees at one stage held the all-time passing yards total in the NFL. You think that's what Bryce Young needs to do to become fantasy relevant? Because that is a lofty, lofty thing to try and do. So he's got to do so much more because of his skill set than someone like Anthony Richardson or, you know, even CJ Stroud. I mean, we've seen last year, Justin Fields was what? Quarterback five, six, seven, something like that. He barely threw the ball at all just because he ran so much. Yeah, I mean, I also think that, you know, we're in a different era now, you know, from when Drew Brees did it, there weren't that many mobile QBs, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, potentially was the only one if he was in the league at that time, you know, times and the QB landscape is changing really quickly and quite dramatically. So, you know, I think he would even, you know, putting up these amazing gaudy numbers, he probably would struggle to become the overall QB one, you know, based on what we have and, you know, what what talent we've got with the rushing upside, etc. in the QB yeah. position now. And I think that also shows in where these are being drafted in things like startup leagues. You know, now you can't get an elite QB any later than the fourth round. You know, some of them are going in round one now. You know, they're like super duper coveted, you know, in a one QB league, which yeah. was unheard of a few years ago. You know, really it'd be first QB in the fourth round, if that. Now, yeah. all of these elite ones are pushed up and it's just so different, you know, and I think we've got to take that into account, you know, and look at the, the, the QB skill set and say, you know, what is that going to bring me in fantasy? And are yeah. they, you know, going to be as elite as we want and hope them to be. So based on that, I'm just interested, Max, who is your QB1 fantasy, you know, dynasty for, for this this rookie draft? Oh, Anthony Richardson with a bullet. Like, I think he's, like, not only does he have the highest ceiling, I think he might have the highest floor, you know, at least, <laughs> at least for this year, right? If he flames out and gets dropped, like, fine. But the amount that he's going to rush, we just talked about Justin Fields, right? Justin Fields showed that you don't have to be able to throw the ball to become a top 10, you know, dy- or fantasy quarterback here. And Justin Fields is probably a top 10 dynasty quarterback as well at the minute, if not top, top eight. You know, he's he's put the blueprint forward that you can use your legs and become hugely successful. And while CJ Stroud and, and even Bryce Young, you know, they're probably like safer Picks, I suppose. I think you just you gotta take Anthony Richardson. I mean, I know Murph, he'll be listening to this, is, is just be like, no, Mags, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know he's you know, he's watched him play at college the whole time and he doesn't think that he's good enough, but I just think him going to that Sheen Steichen offense, they know how they're gonna use him. They've worked with someone like Jalen Hurts, turned him around, improved him as a passer. Now, while Jalen Hurts was a much better passer in college than Anthony Richardson. 
you know, we've seen it done before. But I think Andrew Richardson is a much better athlete than Jalen Hurts, and we've seen what he can do. So I just think he's the only league winner out of those three. How about that? Right, CJ Stride isn't a league winner. Bryce Young's not a league winner. Anthony Richardson is a league winner. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, most teams that are going to be drafting at the 102, you know, they're going to be, you know, rebuilds or not contenders. And I think, you know, at that point, you've got to take the risk, right? You know, he can bring massive, massive upside and a great floor. They've said already that he's going to be on the field this season. So even if he only plays for you, this season, you can either one trade him away and get hopefully a haul to you know rebuild next season or buy players to build up your team, or two, you know you ride him this season. You see where we are, you know, and you go from there. So I th- I think you have to take that chance. You know, I think you would regret passing over him for one of the other QBs if he broke out and became a mm. massive fantasy star you know obviously it does come with risk but at the same time I think it's totally worth taking that risk particularly you know with where you are within the league you know you've got to do it and potentially he could have massive massive upside for you yeah this is weird I almost feel like the quarterbacks the five sort of viable quarterbacks that you could possibly take in the first two rounds here like this might sound weird but I almost feel like they're in five separate tiers like, I really do. I feel like Richardson's up there, and then it's Stride in a tier of his own. And I feel it's Bryce Young in a tier of his own. And I feel it's Will Levis in a tier of his own. And then I feel like I said, look, like, I don't, I feel like there is significant gap between those guys in terms of what they can bring for, for your fantasy teams. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm actually really excited to see what they do this season. Yeah. You know, I, I think some of it is going to be situation. So, Stroud, I think, is going to be reliable, but I think he potentially is going to struggle a bit this season to give us too yeah. much fantasy value because, you know, the team isn't all the way there yet. Yeah, I think so, what Hannah was going to say. Sorry, Hannah, you cut on a bit. I'm sure you were just talking about his past catchers weren't weren't too great. There was Robert Woods and, and Tank Dell. And, and, well, I think, John, our, uh, we got a few people coming back for them, right? Yeah, yeah, and obviously Mechie, we don't know anything yeah. about him. So, you know, there's still a lot to learn from there. And I think there's I there's always kind of the first season for rookies is always a bit rocky, I think. Yeah. Unless you've got amazing legs and you're gonna run everywhere. And then obviously, you know, you can build that those up. Yeah, he could. He didn't want to do it, did he? He did when he when he really, really have to. They might scheme him up to do that. It'll be really interesting to see what they do anyway Agreed. this season all of these QBs are going to be really interesting. So you mentioned this a bit earlier in terms of, you know, you were saying in Superflex drafts, you feel that, you know, if, if you need a QB, then you should take a QB yeah. over some of the other positions. Is there any other situation in which you feel that needs Trump's value or would that be the only situation? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that might be the only situation. Like, you got to think about, again, these are players that after you've drafted them, they become immediately tradable assets. And, you know, the QB is just so hard to buy and so hard to get hold of. Like, if you draft a wide receiver, guess what? You can find a wide receiver needed team and you can trade with them for a running back that you might need, that you might like a little bit more. Like, don't feel limited to the pool of players in this rookie draft. Like, feel free. If your wide receiver room is absolutely stacked, and you're sitting at the, the 106, don't reach. Like, don't go and try and get Devon Aitchian at 106. Take Jackson Smith and Jigba and go trade him for someone that's already been playing for a while. See if you can get, I don't know, 
Miles Sanders plus plus for Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? See if you can use that asset and get a veteran player plus extra on top to make your team better that way. Don't reach and get a Devon Achen at 1-6 because, you know, while he's a great player and everything, he, he shouldn't be taking him ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would totally agree there. I mean, the other thing is, I would say, you know, use use tiers because mm-hmm. you know potentially within those tiers there may be players at a position that you need. So you know, in this tier, you might have a wide receiver, a couple of running backs, and maybe a tight end. And mm-hmm. the decider might be actually, oh, I need a running back, so I'm going to go running back here, or you know, I need that wide receiver, so I'll go with that. But I think, and I'm. I think you totally agree here based on what you've just said. You know, if there is a tier break between the players that are available, even if you don't need them, you should take mm-hmm. the best player available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, don't don't forget what I said earlier. Like, don't just be like, right, I'll trade back and I'll, I'll get you give me an extra third. It's like, who's that third going to be? Like, think about who is that actually going to be? You're not getting 109. So you'll get for Jackson Smith and Jiggy, you'll get Devon Achen and a third. Like that could be Devon Achen and anybody. Like you have to look at how the draft is going to go and think, well, if I was offered Achen and Marvin Mims for him, would I take it? Maybe. If I was offered Achen and this person, would I take it? Or are you better off going for a veteran player and thinking, oh, what's the better deal for me? So don't forget that, you know, these these picks are people too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with with everything you said there. So what I'm also interested in is what do you think generally of the qualities of of this kind of uh, rookie group this year? Do you think it's high quality? uh, Where do you think they kind of sit with our recent uh, kind of rookie crops for the last few years? It's a really interesting class. I think obviously the draft hurt a lot of these running backs in particular, a couple of the wide receivers maybe. I think any class where you're coming out of it where there are six, and some might say seven, some even say as high as eight, like really good players in the first round. That's a pretty good class. Like whenever you got eight players in that first round where everyone seems pretty happy, like where they've landed, everyone's pretty sure they're going to hit right away and be a dynasty asset right away. I mean, that's, that's par for the course. I mean, you don't often get a class where all 12 players in the first round are, are like smash hits and, you know, just just go back and think about the past couple of classes and look at who was going at 112. And you kind of go, mm, oops, you know, Trey Sermon, oops. You know, other people like that, you're like, yeah. So I think this class is getting a bit of a bad name for itself. However, there is an issue. I think after, there's like these weird chasms like after 108, I think there's this kind of nasty little bit of non-value until like the back end of the first round. And then once you get to like 203 or something, there's like a nice little sweet spot and then it gets nasty for a bit. And then there's little pockets of value that you kind of want to be in here. But overall, I think I think this class getting a bit of a... I think it's because it was so hyped, Hannah, right? Everyone was so excited about this 23 class and everyone traded away all of their picks to get like into this first round for the 23 class. And yeah, I don't know what people were expecting, but I think getting seven, eight real top class players, that's about as good as it gets, really, I think. Yeah, I mean, I already think people are like, you know, brushing this class aside and saying, oh, I'm looking forward to 2024. There's these two great quarterbacks coming out. There's amazing wide receivers. You know, this 2023 class, meh, you know, they're complete rubbish. But actually, mm. until they play in the NFL, you, you never actually know. And I think potentially there could be some diamonds in the rough with this class. Yeah. 
that you know mm-hmm. nobody's talking about that that come out onto the scene and, and look you know really good so I agree I think they're getting a bit of a bashing and they've actually not been able to prove themselves in the NFL as of yet and I yeah. think you know there's potentially some value to be had here and even if they don't end up being elite options or you know stars on your team I think there's certainly going to be plenty of uh you know players that will give you fantasy production um you know on your team so you mentioned it a little bit you know saying that there's probably about eight you know players in that first round which you think you know have decent first round grades let's say so Mm -hmm. if you are in the back of that first round you know is there somewhere that you would look to move out from I know we kind of mentioned it a bit earlier I think everyone's kind of been saying we're not keen on the back of the first round so it's difficult to do but have you been trying to do that and have you been successful I mean, obviously, a player like me, I end up at the back of the first round a lot, Hannah, right? You know, no, yeah. obviously. <laughs> no. um, I mean, I, you can try a couple of things, right? The best thing I always like to talk like talk about on, on the hot seat as well is if you want to make a trade with someone, like, don't just fire off a trade. Like, give them a message. Be like, hey, I've got this pick. Any interest in moving up? Like, try and open up a bit of dialogue because... Unless you're like you're on the clock and you got like no time left, right? But yeah, try and open a little dialogue, have a chat with someone that might make it easier to see what they're thinking about. You know, everyone's got rookie fever at the minute, and even though people are saying you know they don't like this like slot, like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, somebody out there loves Quentin Johnson, like somebody out there loves like Zach Charbonnet still, right? People are Will Levis. There's always these believers and these players out there somewhere. You just got to find them. And if that's, you know, saying, you know what? Give me your second round pick and or give me second round pick plus or give me your 2024 first. Like even straight up, if you really don't believe in these guys, just like, you know, what? I'll take a flyer. I'll take a shot on a 2024 first. Let's see what happens. Yeah. If you really don't believe in it, then. Yeah, feel free just to treat it away, get 24 first, get a veteran Try and trade back. And if none of it works, do what we talked about earlier. Take a guy you don't like. Like for me, that's Quentin Johnson. I know enough people that believe in Quentin Johnson and say that he's good talent. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to you guys. Even though I don't necessarily believe it, enough people say it. I'll take a shot on Quentin Johnson. So don't be afraid to, you know, go against your, your best judgment and listen to somebody else not again. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Yeah, I totally agree there. You know, I, I think, as you say, there's been a lot of discourse about the end of this round one. And I think a lot of people are aware that, mm -hmm. you know, people are going to want to trade back and they're a little bit wary. But I totally agree. And I think this is the same with any trade that you do. Starting a, a dialogue and a conversation, I think, is more likely to get the trade done mm -hmm. than just sending over an offer and nothing else. You know, because people don't know you know how much you want that player who you want what mm -hmm. kind of thing you're willing to give up etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think sometimes you much it's much easier to come to a compromise when you talk about it than when you just fire off a thing you know and they go oh i don't like that and they just say no really, yeah really or or like be aggressive with it like move up use this and like move up like if you don't want it Get rid of it. Give that to somebody else. See if you can get up into those top six picks and say, right, you know what? I got 110. I'll give you 110 and hell, I'll give you my second as well. Can I move up three spots? Yeah. All of a sudden, you got to play you really like and you're not having to worry about this kind of bad value towards the back. And hey, you lost a second round pick. What's the hit rate on second round pick players? Not huge, right? So yeah, if you're really that desperate, go for it. So while you're kind of looking, you know, talking about moving up, are there any players in in this rookie draft that you are keen to move up for? Is there someone there that you're like, oh, I would really, you know, like X, Y, or Z? Obviously, Bijan kind of, you know, excluded here. Is there anyone in that kind of top six, seven that you're like, I really like this guy. And if I have the opportunity to move up and maybe lose my second, I would aim to go to X spot for Y player. Yeah. Yeah, if any quarterback, any any of these quarterbacks you're you're wanting to move up for, you could play the waiting game and get a Will Levis. I'd rather move up and get a CJ Stroud, or if you could really move up to get Anthony Richardson, you could you could do that as well. Again, you you have to look at your team here. Like if it's tight end premium, I'm more than willing to move up and get a Dalton Kincaid. If I'm lacking a little bit in receiver, see what it's looking like. You could move up to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. So no one in particular is standing out apart from those quarterbacks. But yeah, again, you, you got to check your team and, and see where you fall, really. And obviously the, the draft is not just about the first round. Obviously we know that yeah. the hit rate in the first round is much higher than any others, but you also mm -hmm. got to go out there mining for gold in those later rounds. So yeah. tell me, Mags, who is your gold in rounds two to four? Who's your kind of chosen um, targets around there so i got a couple um i've been doing for the last couple of months kind of like a rookie adp started it off kind of two months before the combine one month one month and a half before the combine let's say and i've done it on a semi-regular basis like taking about five or six mock drafts from from all over and kind of working out an average draft position based on those. So it's been quite interesting to see how people have gone up and down, up and down. So I've kind of gone fishing for, well, who were people really high on like before the draft? And why has that plummeted so much? And I'm like, well, they must have been high on this person like for a reason, I suppose, right? Yeah. So some some of the gold that I'm, I'm really spotting in here some of the stands like for me is Tajay Spears, actually, because everybody like loved this guy for a little bit. There was that little window where people loved him. Obviously, we find out about the SEL injury. You know what? That's not really well, not SEL injury. He doesn't have an SEL, so it's not really an injury. But I'm not too worried about that. That didn't really hold him back too much in college. So I don't see why that would all of a sudden be 
be an issue in the NFL. Obviously, he's behind Derrick Henry, but I mean, how long is Derrick Henry going to stick around? Good luck. Try selling Derrick Henry in Dynasty. See how much you get, right? So if that's really, you know, the reason why people are off on him, I'm taking Tajay because I've seen him fall, you know, into the third round sometimes, which I think is just unbelievable value. And, and Hannah, can we, can we talk about a guy? I'm not high in this game, but guy, but what what's happened with Jalen Hyatt? I don't know. I don't get it because I think that they're going to scheme him up and going to give him as many touches as they can because, you know, I, I know they're saying that, you know, potentially he's a slot, but I mean, he can stretch the field, which is what they need. So I think they're going to be trying to get him the ball as much as possible because he's the only one that has kind of a bit of a different skill set to the other 50 million wide receivers that they have, you know, on their team. So I actually think that he could do pretty well here, but people don't seem to be high on him at all. Yeah, I mean, he, he got like dead. He got he got round three draft capital, right? He was he was in the third round, but you know he's ended up going to like a really good system where there's no real competition around him. Like, yeah, I think that's a really good landing spot for him. And people were so high on him before, and I'm I'm not a Jalen Hyatt guy, but I got Jalen Hyatt in the fourth round. Like, yeah, it's crazy. That is just, I could not take him there. So I think that is potential, you know, goal there. I mean, and then I'm going back to what I said earlier, and it's, am I willing to go against like my better judgment and take players that I know people like out there, people like Keyshawn Butte, who people still, you know, really, really believe in? It's like, if I'm in the fourth round and he's still there, you know what? People I know, people I trust, people I respect. They have put their neck out in the line for him. So like, sure, let me grab a share of Keishon Butte in, in the end of the third or in the fourth round. So I think, you know, whenever you're digging for digging for goal, like you put it, I think, yeah, you gotta take gotta take a shot on on sh- some of these guys. Like even who's the running back? Look at Sean Tucker, right? Sean Tucker, he, whenever we talked about the ADP I gathered, before the combine, he was running in an ADP number 12, a first round player. And obviously there's been health concerns has come out and some other things come out about Sean Tucker. But again, you're getting him fourth round. A guy that people once valued as a first round player. You've got to take the shot. You've got to just pick him up. You're not going to get anyone else in the fourth round that's going to do anything. So you may as well go for these guys that were once valued up here. Another down here. You're just hoping they're somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, before the draft, people valued them based on what they saw on film. So, you know, these guys must have had some talent or shown something that people saw on film to make them value them, you know, in this first, second round or whatever. Obviously, we know potentially the NFL has not valued them the same. But as you say, a lot of these things are potentially medical or whatever that might be. And we know sometimes these things are wrong or players can get these fixed or they manage to play through these things and still show what talent they have. You know, like you said, you know, third, fourth round is an absolute dart throw. So you want to try and go with these players that have shown that they have talent and could potentially do it, you know, in the NFL. So I yeah. think it's it's totally worth doing that. The one uh, guy that I like to try and target in kind of deeper leagues when you're going into your fifth or even if very like kind of last pick in the fourth round that's um that charlie charlie jones that went to the bengals obviously um, obviously home <laughs> no, girl. 
Me too, though. But, but you know, realistically, we know that Tyler Boyd is not going to be here f- for that much longer. This is his last year on his contract. They're yep. not going to renew it. You know, they just do not do third contracts. I think Charlie Jones has been, you know, drafted as the heir apparent um, to Tyler Boyd. I don't think necessarily he's going to have any impact this season. But we know mm-hmm. that Tyler Boyd especially in PPR leagues, has put up some solid value, you know, and, you know, decent weeks, you know, in fantasy. So I think Charlie Jones is is worth a punt. Look, if he comes to nothing, he comes to nothing. But there's a chance that he ends up being a Tyler Boyd-esque player on your team. And, you know, he he contributes for you on your, you know, on your uh, flex spots for for five years to come. So I I think it's totally worth a punt on him. Yeah, and some other like just advice. If you're really stuck, if you're in the fourth round, you're like, I have no idea like who to take. I don't like any of these guys that are gone. Like some of the people we mentioned maybe gone. Just take a running back. Like yeah. there's more of a chance that they're gonna, you know, see a rise in potential. Like, you know, what works for running backs doesn't work for for other positions. So if you think about like Tyler Boyd, right? Tyler Boyd goes down and all of a sudden you get Erwin, is it, for the Bengals? He comes in. Erwin doesn't get the targets that Tyler Boyd had. They just go to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Erwin doesn't get any. But Joe Mixon goes out. Samaji Piran gets all of Joe Mixon's work because there's only one of them, right? So you got a one in, what, three chance for the wide receiver to make up the targets. You got almost 100% chance the running back is going to come in and, like, eat up that workload. So... If you're sitting in the fourth, you don't need to take, just take Dwayne McBride, someone like that, right? That, that's got at least a path. The Bengals took a running back, right? Can't remember his name, but the Bengals took a running back. Uh, Brown, is it Chase Brown? I can't remember. But yeah, so just someone who has like a, a path to success there, like one injury away from, from potentially scoring some points. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even in those really deep kind of rookie drafts, you know, fourth and fifth round, even those kind of RB3s on teams, I think they're worth targeting over, you know, some of these deep wide receivers that you think "Mm, they might not not ever see the field because, you know, RB1 goes down. It might be that actually they don't feel the RB2 can take the full workload and, and they end up in a bit of a timeshare, you know, and even if they don't, you know, take all of those kind of touches, getting 50%, you know, may mean that they actually do contribute for your team and you can put them in flex spots some weeks. You know, we know that potentially you could be struggling with running backs as we start to get injury. So it's always handy to have more on your bench and, you know, they can give you extra points if someone else's running back goes down. So I agree. If you can, I would always take, um, you know, if you have no one else that you know of or you think, ah, I don't like any of these wide receivers, mm-hmm. running back is always a great shout because there is a path to relevance, you know, with injuries. And we know it and we've seen it. And how many kind of undrafted running backs have we seen end up putting up massive numbers or, or giving us some value versus, you know, some of the wide receivers which have given us, you know, nothing and often not even set foot on the field. Yeah. So, Totally agree with you there. Is there anybody in this class that you think, I know we've talked about, you know, even if you don't like them, potentially take them, but is there anyone that you really think, I want minimal shares of this play, I just don't believe in them? Yeah, so you basically take, what I'm doing anyway is I'm taking the same process and I'm just kind of going like that. And I'm like turning it on its head. It's like, who were the players that people were really, really low on 
And now after the draft, people are really, really high on, right? So it's kind of the opposite of, of where you find the value. And I know you, you did kind of mention him up at the, the top, but but Jonathan Mingo's right at the top of that list. So in my sort of pre-draft process of of gathering in all of the data of like mock drafts and where people were, Jonathan Mingo before the combine did not appear at all in any three round mock drafts that I looked at. He was never drafted inside the top three rounds. Not once. Didn't score. Then in between like the draft and in between the draft and the combine, he finished as player number 39 and now he's all the way up at 16 so that is going from not on anyone's list all the way to the 16th best player in this draft that seems like a drastic jump up for me so it's probably not someone that i'm willing to have too many shares in i'll take one because like we talked about at the start i could be wrong and i'm you know wrong about a lot of things so i'll take one just to make sure yeah, but he's one that really, really stands out for me as as someone like, mm, maybe a little bit too rich for me. And then the other one, sadly, is a guy I quite like, actually. And someone I was kind of banging the drum for being higher up the boards, but now he's almost risen too high. It's Kendra Miller. Mm. He was, again, lingering around the 30s, something like that. Now he's all the way up to 14, so just out of the first round. Maybe that is just about right, but you know, it does concern me that he's you know, almost doubled, halved, doubled or halved his draft capital. I don't know what the correct expression would be for that, right? But he's he's moved, he's, he made a big jump, right? Of, yeah, maybe slightly too much. So Kendra Miller is someone I would keep an eye out as well. But again, I'll take one just to make sure that I'm not completely wrong. Those are the two players for me, Hannah, that that really, really stand out from, from this draft class as people who have really, really jumped from pre-draft to now. Yeah, and I do think sometimes we get a bit kind of overexcited about the landing spot and we say, oh, you know, we can predict that Jonathan Mingo is going to get loads of targets because, you know, all of the rest of the wide receiver room is, you know, old or, you know, not very good or whatever. Um, Or, you know, same with Kendra Miller. We know that potentially Kamara is going to have this suspension. And so we're all seeing this, oh, look at this. He's got, you know... A big road to being the you know running back one for a number of weeks but you know teams do all sorts of strange things and anything could happen yeah. you know it might be last minute they sign uh you know someone who's on free agency and Kendra Miller gets a 10% opportunity share and he's doing nothing you know yeah. so things can turn on a dime and again I, th- I think you know something that I've heard a lot and I I tend to agree is that you know um talent wins out you know ultimately so just because they've got a good landing spot doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to produce if they haven't shown that they're able to do it in college or you know we haven't seen that talent it doesn't mean that they're gonna then automatically become amazingly talented in the nfl now some do it of course you know there's plenty i'm sure in history where we can point out and say this guy was crap in college or you know we didn't yeah. believe in him and he's broken out and he's amazing but i think we just sometimes have to temper our expectations i do yeah. feel we were a little bit like this with sky Moore last year you know i i'm sure he is talented but he wasn't you know in those kind of 
within those elite wide receivers and we got excited because he's going to the Chiefs and you know that wide receiver room's wide open now so Sky Moore could suddenly get all of these targets and obviously we just yeah. didn't see it last season now maybe now he's developed a bit more you know he's worked more with Mahomes we might see it this season but I think we got over excited about he's going to the Chiefs and we kind of lost sight of you know the overall picture yeah yeah, I think um, you're right. And we're yeah. seeing like that this year with Rasheed Rice, right? People are now yeah. like, pump the brakes. Like, let's let's chill. Some people are saying there's been an overcorrection. Oh, I think Rasheed Rice is a boy. He's been drafted a boy where he should be, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would tend to agree. You know, I, we know that he's not in kind of that top tier of wide receivers. And, you know, he's got a great landing spot, but not necessarily as much of a talent as some of the other wide receivers in this class. So I would totally, you know, tend to agree there. And mm-hmm. if he's there in the third round, I would certainly take him. Oh, yeah. You know, you take a punt. Of course, he's on one of these high-end offences. They're going to be high-octane. You know, they're going to pass a lot. So he has potentially the opportunity, but we just don't want to get too carried away. And like you say, I think potentially mm-hmm. we did that last year and, and it, it burnt some people. And I think they lost a bit of faith in Skymore and and I think potentially he could end up being a little bit of a sleeper this year because people have yeah. kind of stepped back and gone oh no he burnt me last year yeah you know I don't want him or I want to sell him or whatever can I just say before I, I don't want to like you know dampen the mood too much but people are obviously upset about landing spots and I'm like there are three people like three of these players are three of your favorite running backs are going to take a hit because Ezekiel Elliott's going somewhere, Kareem Hunt is going somewhere, and Leonard Fournette is probably going to go somewhere too. And, you know, if Alvin Kamara, we talked about, if he ends up serving a suspension, you think the Saints are going to go sign Kareem Hunt immediately or try to? That's what I would do. Yeah, absolutely. I I would not be surprised if he didn't pick someone else up and that I think that is a big possibility. And I think that is the difficulty we have a little bit with running backs, you know, in that things can change in a moment they can get injured or their running mate gets injured and there's still you know um guys out there that can come and fill that void and have proven they can do it in the nfl so i think you know you think oh yes this guy's going to get three down workload and he's not necessarily going to do that so you you're drafting really high up because you think he's got the perfect landing spot he's going to get opportunities and then all of a sudden actually the room gets really murky and you've overdrafted him but he's now not going to contribute anything to you. Whereas if you'd have stuck with your tiers or, you know, stuck with someone's rankings, however you like to draft, if you then took the player with actually where the value was, you'll probably potentially have someone who's going to contribute rather than overdrafting that running back that you thought was going to do something. And then unfortunately, you know, it's not turned out to be. So I think you just got to temper, like you say, temper expectations, however you like to draft, whether that's through someone else's rankings or you make your own tiers or, you know, you amalgamate lots of different information. I would say, you know, just be careful about overdrafting because it can come and bite yeah. you in the bomb. Yeah. So that was uh, that was awesome, Mags. I really, really enjoyed kind of talking it, it through with you all. So before before we kind of finish, we've got a couple of things still left to do. One thing I would like to to ask you before we finish kind of wrapping up this rookie draft discussion is 
what would be your main piece of advice for people about to start their rookie drafts? Um, you know, what have you, what would you like the one piece that you'd like them to go into the draft with? What would that be? Can I say two? Can I say two? One's a small one. Like, oh, a one. On, the first one is, Go thank your commissioner, will you? Like these guys are unsung heroes of the dynasty fantasy community. So thank you, for commissioner, for getting you to another draft and setting everything up, and you know doing all the the unseen work that no one sees. So make sure you've done that, Ryan. And after that, like we said at the start, know what you're drafting. Like, are you drafting tie end premium? Are you drafting? What is the scoring? And think about at the end of the day, this is about points. It's points on the board. So before you pick a player, think, is this player going to get me more points than anyone else left on the board? The answer is yes, pick him. The answer is no, do something else. That's it. Just think, keep it simple, right? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Keep it simple, kind of let the, the board fall to you and, and don't kind of push it too much um but be aggressive where you feel you need to or you know potentially look to move back if you, if you don't like um what you're seeing if you're able to do that so yeah awesome and i loved your first one mags i think that's a, a great thing to do thanking your commission you know there's a there's a lot of behind the scenes work with dynasty teams and leagues and you know often people are dropping out or you're having to find replacements um and it's just really great to say thank you to them for keeping it going because unfortunately a lot of dynasty leagues do kind of fold after a couple of years so, you know, if, if it's kept going and it's been going for a long time, I think the commission is obviously doing a great job and you've got a great league. So always nice to thank them. Absolutely. So with every guest that we have on Mags, we always ask them to pose a question to our next guest. Obviously, you guys don't necessarily know who, who that guest is. Um, so Evan was our previous guest and he oh. posed the following question to you. So if you could go back to your very first dynasty draft you ever took part in, what one piece of advice would you give yourself and with what you know now? Hmm. Okay, so I'll try and I'll try and do one that's like not something I've said already. So I've talked about, you know, reading the rules and I've talked about, you know, drafting your quarterbacks whenever you need them. One piece of advice. Okay. I would say, just I just trade more, right? And the first, I, I didn't trade at all. I was almost like too afraid, like to trade. I'm like, ah, like I don't want to get rid of these. These are like my picks. Like I want to, I want to keep my picks. And it's like, especially towards the back end, it's like, yeah, just go for it. Like trade here, trade there. Like start some more dialogue, chat to as many of these people as possible off the bat, especially your first like time doing it. Trade a little bit more, chat to people. Don't be afraid to ask other people if you think it's a good trade or not. Like, don't assume that you know this is a good trade because, like, you've listened to, you know, Five Yard Dynasty and, and you know, Mag said to, to trade up and give your second for this. Like, don't listen to, like, just me. Ask, ask lots of people. You know, don't don't be afraid to, you know, show a little humility and, and you know, chat to other people. Ask if it's a good deal. And, yeah, talk to as many people as possible. Get your trades going. Just try and make friends and, and have fun. Yeah, I think that's really great advice because I think when people first start Dynasty, that they're scared to trade. Um, yeah. And I think some of that is that, you know, you don't necessarily know or feel like you know trade values and things. And you're kind of worried that you're going to be the person that gets 
kind of walked all over a little bit you know that you, you end up in these uneven trades and you you know you miss out on value because you don't really understand what you're doing so mm. you don't want to be that embarrassed person in the league you know so you're kind of scared to do that but I totally agree with you if you're not sure always ask I'm sure your commissioner can help you there's always people on Twitter you know you I there's all sorts of different analysts or just other fantasy minds that can talk you through it or help you out so never be afraid to ask and never be afraid to send those offers the worst thing that can happen is they can get rejected exactly yeah. Well, I think that is great advice, Max. So before you go, Max, we now ask you to pose a question for the next guest. So it can be to do with anything about Dynasty. It can be about this season. It can be about general. It can be about players. Whatever you would like to ask. Okay. So do I know who the guest is? is that, I'm not allowed to know, am I? No, okay, you don't know. So it, it's... Okay. Uh Oh, well, I have to say shout out to Evan. Evan's actually a commissioner in one of my leagues. So I said shout out to your commissioner. So shout out to Evan, bro. What an absolute legend. Thank you for commissioning that league. That's, you know, props to you. Uh, so my my question to the next guest would be, all right, how about this? What is the worst trade that you have ever made in Dynasty? And what would you do in terms of adding things, pieces to fix it? At that current time. So how would you have realistically have made it better? Not like, oh, I would have added in 107 and I would have got Justin Jefferson. Like realistically, how would you have changed it so it would have been of a better value? Or at the time, was it actually a good trade and he just got unlucky? A really good one. I like it. So I look forward to seeing what our next guest has to say in reply. So before we go, Mags, anything else you would like to share with us or, uh, you know, let us know about? We've obviously mentioned the hot seat, but please plug it again. Let everyone know where they can find you. It's an awesome thing. So would like to get you as many followers or new ones as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you check it out. Uh, the Dynasty Hot Seat over um, on Twitter and on YouTube. I'm actually running a little competition at the minute. So if mm-hmm. you go on and click on the latest ADP video, just leave a comment saying, I'm in, and that's it. And you're into a draw to potentially earn access to Dave Wright, who is FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter. You probably know him. He has an absolutely gigantic, amazing database, you know, years and years and years worth of dynasty data comparing all of these players, like their biometrics, their statistics, their fantasy scores, anything you could think of is an amazing tool for content creators, is an amazing tool to help your dynasty teams get better. And it can be yours all you got to do is subscribe to the channel, go to the latest ADP video, and leave a comment saying, I'm in, and I'll put you in the draw. That simple. And go listen to the Wildcard Rewind, the best damn show out there, Hannah. Isn't that right? 100%, 100%. Um, and I totally love Dave, and I already have a subscription to his database, and it is amazing. Yep. And as I say, even if you're not a content creator, there's so much information out there just for you to take a look at to help you with your dynasty team. So I would 100% recommend going across to the hot seat and uh, get, leaving a comment there so that you can win, hopefully, Dave's uh, access to Dave's database. I would highly recommend it. So thank you guys for tuning in. It's been awesome to have you on, Mags. Really enjoyed chatting through um, rookie drafts and hopefully we've helped some people make some decisions for, for their drafts coming up. Um, yeah. So just don't forget to check us out uh, on Twitter at 5 Yard Dynasty, 
obviously at five yard rush and then obviously you know you can find us on youtube or your favorite podcast provider so until next week thank you all so much for coming and don't forget keep rushing you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.